Well, good morning, everybody. It is Monday, actually. The 26th. I'm going to date it because it's kind of, I mean, you could figure it out. Today's Monday, and the referendum in Ukraine is uh, moving along swimmingly. And uh, I'm getting all of this info from all the sources that I listen to. And there's a few people that, you know, I usually think are pretty spot on with their analysis. And depending on the topic, you know, Rush Limbaugh, you know, was one of them for a long time, but he was kind of actually as conservative as he was, kind of wrong time to time, you know, middle of the road, never took a stand so far out there that you could sit there and go, well, that was a major screw up. Did you just notice that? I'm trying not to use the F word as much. So it's a screw up, not an F up. And then there's Alex Jones, you know, very controversial. Right now he's embroiled in a big Sandy Hook lawsuit, which is a kangaroo court trial, you know. But, uh, and I'm not sure if his understanding of Russia, Ukraine, the special military operation, and everything that's really going on is is skewed by people he get his information from, which are usually, you know, Pentagon brass and stuff like that. Or if he's just perceiving the information or interpreting the information or translating the information that he's getting incorrectly. Because he's been talking about, you know, this thing in Ukraine as if Russia... You know, he understands why Russia did it, but there's always this attempt to throw a negative spin into things nowadays to where it's like, oh, I think he's a great guy, but, oh, she's talking truth to power, but, you know, people like, I don't know if people do that just because it's some form of, you know, a caveat that they can throw in there to where, if they're dead wrong, they could go, well, you know, I, I did say but. So, Alex has been dead wrong on this whole Ukraine-Russia thing from the very get-go. And I don't know if that's because of the lawsuit that's going on that's really absorbing a lot of his time and, and his, you know, thinking process. Because some of the other people on the show, like even Owen Schroyer, you know, are kind of leaning the other way. You know, Mike Adams from Brighteon, founder of Brighteon, and has a channel, Health Ranger Report, you know, on Brighteon, seems to be kind of more toward Russia right. I get most of my serious opinion analysis from uh, a YouTube channel called the Duran two guys uh, Alex and Alexandria and I can't pronounce their last names to save my ass so just type in the Duran on YouTube it's a channel and uh, you know Alexander 
lives in the UK. Alex lives in uh, Cyprus. I can't pronounce the city he lives in, but it's it's an island, so it's not huge. And uh, so they they are more looking at things from, you know, a, a European or an EU or a Western mindset. But, you know, Alexander is a, a lawyer and deals with political laws and contracts and stuff. And Alex is just super smart, well-read. So you get that, 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 I don't know, sounding board or that bounce back from people that actually live closer to the problems and understand because they've lived in those countries and, and understand the deeper politics of it. I get a lot of my war information or what's going on with the special military operation from Scott Ritter, who, you know, has said from the start, Russia is going to win this. It's, it's, it's in inevitability. <laughs> and so he was a, a weapons inspector back during the de-escalation of the nuclear arms agreements and all that and and was a Marine, raised, bred, and trained to hate Russians and, and want to kill them all. And then when he went over there for years to uh, work with the people to see if they could come to some kind of, uh, you know, de-escalation, which, by the way, was Russia's idea, not America, you know, because we don't want to de-escalate shit. It's ours. We got more than you. Ha ha. Nanny, nanny, boo boo. But uh, and and he he saw a whole other side of Russia and the Russian people, and and the new federation and Putin now, and the collapse of the Soviet Union, and what they're doing with their country. And and he just decided these guys have got their shit together. They're not warmongering animals, you know. And if you really look back. Russia's been in a lot less wars since America, you know, 80 years ago than we have. You know, they were collapsing, having problems there in Afghanistan. We said we would help them and turned around and stabbed them in the back. And, you know, so they're a lot more peace, peaceful thinking people than we are. And Russia, you know, doesn't have a massive Navy with aircraft carriers. Russia doesn't reach out and project power everywhere. Of course, they're the largest country on the planet because of the landmass. But, you know, population-wise, they're 120, 130 million, maybe maximum 150 million people, where we're 320. So size-wise, population, we are half that, or I mean twice that. Russia is half that. So they're huge, but they're not in, you know, population. But that landmass gives those people the ability to mine, to drill, to, you know, they have all the commodities that a civilized industrial nation would want. They don't have to bring shit in. So, 
They got one up on us there. They can manufacture the, the, all the alt artillery they shoot in, in, a, in a month. Uh, they can produce that in a week. So they're not going to run out of ammo. Whereas we have run out of our ammo to send Ukraine. Most of NATO is starting to stand back and go, wait a minute. This, this, these, these reserves are for something important, not some, you know, hegemonic, you know, witch hunt that America's always on. You know, they haven't said that with their out loud voice, but <laughs> they're not getting morons. Trust me. So I listen to these people and I see what's going on in Russia as a win for Russia for freedom, for liberty, even for Ukraine once they quit getting handed guns to go out and attack the, the rival gang, you know. It's like you're either in the Bloods or the Crips, but if another gang comes along and starts handing them, you know, your rival guns and money and ammunition, then they become your enemy, you know. Oh, the friend of your enemy becomes your enemy. You know, there's an opposite side to that expression, you know. So, Russia's, you know, being cool about it, but we are the thorn in their side. So, today they're doing, you know, and, and I think there's a few more days of the referendum vote. And then it's the whole week is referendum stuff. You know, once those ballots are all cast and they're taken to, to Russia and then... Uh, the Dama or Duma uh, group or agency will oversee it and certify it, basically. And then, uh, then there, then uh, there's another organization within Russia that, you know, gives it the okay. And then Putin has to sign it. Make no mistake. Once that is signed, it is no different than statehood. You know, America took Alaska as the, as the 50th state. There was Hawaii. You know, any of the states. Once we say they're a state, they're a state. And they get all the protection of the United States. The Constitution, the rights, everything. So once Russia says, yes, this election, this memor uh, referendum is legit it's what the people wanted you know democratic election then that becomes part of russia and that's that's a game changer according to scott ritter he was on napolitano's judging freedom a couple days ago and he says then the military the special military operation ceases to exist and that is now russia now, America will not see it that way because we're, we're two-faced effing hypocrites. And so um, we're not going to look at it that way. And we're going to continue to try to funnel weapons into Ukraine to uh, fight Russia. No matter where they're at. And so NATO has come right out and said, <laughs> no. I don't think so. We don't want war with Russia. We are not at war with Russia. And the minute that becomes Russia, 
NATO and all the allied forces are going to look at it as like, hey, this is for real. Just like Alaska, if we went in and attacked Alaska, you've attacked American soil. And you're going to get your ass handed to you by the U.S. military. Well, there's, there's no difference with Russia. Now, to me, this is kind of like back in the good old days, you know, when we uh, colonies decided to write England a declaration of independence. And, and I, I, I brought this up in another podcast a long time ago. I can't remember which one it was. But, you know, I'm sure that when that was received by the King of England... He probably laughed, you know, <laughs> whatever. Screw off, damn colonists, dicks. You know, you're traitors. All of you that signed this are now traitors. And I'm sure the king took it to all of his lawyers or whatever they call them there in England back, you know, 250 years ago. And said, hey, um, I got this in the mail. Should I be worried about it? And, you know, the lawyers were like, no. Who do they think they are? This is a colony of, of, of England. It's ours. We got a flag there. They don't have a flag. We had a flag. It's ours. That's a reference from a, a comedy skit by Eddie Izzard called Dress to Kill. Pretty funny. And he talks about England and their flags and you know, they just walk into a country and you know, a bunch of Indians running around. It's like, you know, hey, what's this? And there's, it's a flag. Oh, all right. Well, what does that mean? It means that this is now our land. And, you know, the American Indians probably, whatever belongs to God, you know, go away. So they they mocked that. And because... You know, it it became a terrorist act to England. We went to war. We prevailed, even though the press and the media probably went on and on and on and on about that George Washington guy. He's going to get his ass handed to him. They haven't won one battle since. We crushed, you know, Philadelphia. We went in and did this. And, but, you know, we won. Because that's what we, the people, wanted. Not all of them, but 3% that were willing to, to stand and fight. And so, America's going to look at that referendum and, and go, oh, look what I got in the mail. <laughs> Hand it to all his advisors and go, can they do this? And they're going to go, no, it's Russia. They're always being stupid. Said that little bastard stepchild that we adopted years ago, and we really don't like him at all, but, you know, that's my wife's, you know, kid, uncle, cousin, nephew, whatever. So that's how this is all going to parse out, you know, as far as America and Russia. Now, the one difference is Russia has about 80% approval rating for Putin. 
and we have maybe 35, 40% approval rating for Biden. So the two leaders, you know, side by side in the, you know, what do they call that? The call of the cards or whatever, the, you know, tail of the, the tape or something like that in sports. You know, Putin has majority and Biden does not. And most Americans are probably sick of these wars that last years and years. You know, there was the Vietnam debacle. And, and then there's Desert Storm, which we did what we did, and then we left, and then, then we had to go in there after 9-11 because Daddy Bush didn't finish it, and so it was for, you know, Junior to, to finish it or whatever, gold, oil, money, greed, jealousy, whatever. And, and so Afghanistan now, you know, 21 years since 9-11. You know, practically old enough to drink. I don't know about you as an American, but I am just totally sick and tired of this garbage of creating some thing and then rallying the patriotism behind some fake narrative like yellow cake uranium, weapons of mass destructions. Who cares? Had nothing to do with 9-11. We know where those people came from had to do with the Saudi family being in America when it happened and getting a free pass to fly out of here when no other planes, you know, American, you know, we the people couldn't travel. Whatever happened then, we don't know. So I, for one, am, am tired of it. It's our money. We work hard for it. I'm driving to work today, you know, to... Hopefully sell a job so we can continue to keep the lights on and make some money. And then they just go off and send 60, 70 billion dollars to Ukraine for some dopey ass shit. Now you think, well, what's that? that? That's not a lot of money. You know, not to today's world. Well, I remember when Bezos became a billionaire. Everyone was like, wow. And then it was like, Bill Gates, Microsoft were... $23 billion, the biggest company in the world. Then Amazon took over and went past that to, you know, $50, 60000000000 billion. That's a lot of money when you think of the thousands of warehouses and trucks and shipping and everything they do. Just, so all Ukraine has to do is just pay a few people, you know, in their payroll and then buy a bunch of shit and, and blow up, you know, more parts of Ukraine that are Russian-speaking. So I'm tired of it. I'm just fed up. And so this referendum is going to become another thing. Now, Alex Jones says that Russia's going to lose. They've been lured into a trap. Uh, and I, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't have contacts like these people do, like Alex Jones. Well, I was talking to a top CIA guy. Well, we know the CIA can't be trusted, and we know the FBI can't be trusted, and we know anybody in the administration are lying sleazebag trans. And and so you, you got the Pentagon, which is more woke than most people in America even understand. And then they're corrupt. So not only are they woke, but they're corrupt as all hell. 
So, um, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you believe? You know, so Alex talks to his friends at NATO. Well, they're all kind of going, oh, we don't really want to get in a fist fight or a brawl with Russia. You know, I saw the last fight they got in and, you know, when they put their mind to it, they'll stomp our asses into the ground because, well, our military and our funding and our weapons all come from European countries, you know, the NATO alliance. I mean, sure, they're backed by all of our money because, you know, we're sold, you know, financier of NATO. But the, the, the rest of the West are going broke. They're going to, in another week or two or maybe even a month, they're going to be freezing. They're going to be starving and they're going to be dying. And, 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 and one guy on the Duran was was talking about it and he goes you know people are gonna are gonna freeze to death and he goes that's not a, an expression like well, when you're really cold and you're like bang i almost froze to death out there i'm freezing to death here dang it's cold we're all freezing to death out here but they're not because they're still alive freeze to death means you know like in the movie day after tomorrow or whatever it was with the you know, when all the people left the library and then the next day they're in the snow dead with icicles coming out of their face and stuff and they're dead, you know, that's freezing to death. And this is what's going to happen to a lot of millions of people in Europe if they don't get it together. And unfortunately, they've kind of gone past that point of no return of getting it together. You know, they, they, they can't do that. They can't get it together. Because if they go in hat in hand and go, hey, uh, Putin, uh, <laughs> we really fucked up here. Um, can we get a mulligan on this one? You know, he's he's kind of mad now. He's like, no, you, you, you've been you know, like just not just stabbing me in the back, but throwing knives at me as I walk away. You've laughed at me for, you know, 40, 50 years. You know, not Putin himself, but Mother Russia, basically. You know. And and I think if you take time to listen to the, the speech by Lavrov, I think he's Russia's foreign minister. You know, you look him up and you'll see it. He gave a speech where he just went down the a litany of historical facts of how America and the EU have treated Russia. And you have to think of that like as a family thing. If if you had members of your family, especially if they were in-laws, that just disrespected you, laughed at you, always tried to, you know, get you to walk off a cliff or trip on stuff or throwing things in your way or putting a whoopee cushion on your chair and then laughing at you. Eventually, you're just going to go, I'll have nothing to do with them ever again. So if they come back and go, hey, can we get a mulligan on that? We really blew it. We shouldn't have listened to America. I go, well, you know what? Maybe I'll think about it. You know, I don't want to cut you off and watch you die. But, you know, you're not really 
high on my priority list right now of things that need to get done. So I, I think you can kind of get the gist of Russia's attitude toward that. Not just Putin, but Russia as a whole. They're tired of, of you know, when, when the Soviet Union was in charge and Lenin and Stalin and whatever, whoever was screwed that all up. You know, they made a lot of mistakes and they ended up, you know, I think it was Gorbachev that gave back like, you know, there's Georgia and a lot of those smaller little sovereign nations now, you know, Ukraine being one of them, just said, well, we can't afford this anymore because communism doesn't work. Duh. And so what we're going to do is you just dare, you're sovereign now, go away. And, and and then everybody still thinks that they're the Soviet Union and they're not. You know, they, they've, they've changed their ways. And yet, you know, when they, when they collapsed in the 80s, you know, we as America, instead of sending over a bunch of people like Anthony Robbins and motivational speakers and Gary Vaynerchuk to say, here's how you, here's how you go from communism to socialism to be in a free market again because you were a long time ago. Um, so we just need to give you a refresher course on this. But we didn't do that because we were, we were into hegemony back in the 80s, being the all-powerful Oz. And then in the 90s, when they totally just collapsed completely, um, you know, then they've really changed. They are a changed person. And, you know, I always thought America, or always been told that America, you know, once you ask for forgiveness and you change and you repent or, you know, like, you know, all these religious people and all of our politicians that, you know, have changed. And we're really sorry. Yeah, we're, we're a forgiving nation, usually. But now when it comes to Russia, nope. Because, see, we have a media and a, and, a, and a Pentagon and a leadership for, you know, all of them, not just bashing on Biden, that just has this agenda, this game, that we have to be the top dog. End of story. And so NATO knows that we don't have the money either. I mean, we can print a bunch of it, but that's that's not going to help. And we can't just send over our weapon systems anymore because, well, we're kind of run out of javelins and stuff. So <laughs> I think NATO of the many, many, you know, hands in the pot or cookie jar or whatever NATO is smart enough to go no this cannot be done and we will if we lose this um, you know NATO will cease to exist because countries will back out when they run out of money and then the NATO alliance will become non-existent because they'll have no money they'll have no support they'll have no arms and if they were called up to actually do something worthwhile which they haven't been asked to do and since their creation um they you know nato's a business to them it's it's all about money you know they don't they don't they don't want to go broke you know you look at the nato offices in these countries and and the people that work for nato uh, they're making really really good money so 
Take that for what it's worth. You know, it's a job to them, just like the Pentagon. You know, it's a job. It's, you know, we got thousands of retired generals now that need a job. So we create Pentagon. We create problems to keep everyone working. You know, just stupid. So I'm, I'm looking at this referendum in a different way. And I would recommend as an American, you do some soul searching and look at it in a different way also. Because, you know, they're, they're saying things that aren't true. Putin never, ever said that he was going to use nukes. He didn't. He said, if you guys do this, I have weapons that I can use too. He didn't say the word nuke ever. You know, it was uh, a tit for tat. You know, it's like, we're going to do this. And he's like, then if you do that, I'll do this. And does he have nukes? Well, sure. Do we have nukes? Sure. I mean, the only country on planet Earth that has nukes that has ever used them is America. In, in Japan. Yeah. Turkey's got nukes. Pakistan has nukes. I'm pretty sure if you really started looking around, a lot of countries that are crazy in the head have nukes. But everybody understands what happens when you use them. It becomes the, it becomes the end-all be-all to your existence. And if you're big enough, maybe all the world's existence. And Russia and America should understand that the most because we have thousands and thousands of nuclear weapons. So nobody wants to do that. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give your enemy guns and ammunition to use on you. But if they already have guns and ammunition and you have guns and ammunition, it changes the dynamic of the of the of the the field, the game. You know, you know, he might be bigger than you and you might be a little wimp like I am, you know, scrawny little shit. But I have, you know, 10, 20, 30 million people in my group and so do you, and they're all armed and so are you. And so is your group. Then it becomes a logistics thought problem. Like, you know, can we support this going forward? How long will it last? It could last years. What will happen if we, you know, we start to lose? What will happen if they start to win or they start to lose? And, and it's not just a, oh, pull the trigger and we're done. Ah, problem solved. No, there's repercussions because... We have advanced weapon systems, and so does Russia. Yeah. They could get first strike. Doesn't matter. All this shit, it's going to launch. So, it's the end of the world as we knew it. Boom. Tiawaki. So, Russia's not an idiot. Putin is a very smart guy, and he didn't use the word, I'll nuke you effers. If you continue to push my buttons, because that would be an impetuous thing that maybe Joe Biden would say, but not Putin. The Pentagon doesn't want it because they're not idiots. NATO don't want it because they're not idiots. Russia, you know, 
whatever they call it, the Duma or the Kremlin, they don't want it. Putin don't want it. Russian people don't want it. And American people don't want it. Unless you're just like one of those sociopaths that go, yeah, do it. Like so many politicians have said, oh, yeah, show me that button. I'll push it. Yeah, because you don't have it and you're an idiot. But if you had that button, you would probably think more than twice. In fact, you would probably change your mind immediately. It's, it's mind-bending. So this is going to be an interesting week. And then when you factor in, like, Russia's words, Putin's words about bringing his people home is very scary when you factor in the Jubilee, which jumps over to religion. And if you don't like religious talk, that's fine. Tune out. And, and that's, again, where Alex Jones is just dead wrong. I don't know who he's talking to. You know, to sit there and go, well, I don't put much faith in these, these timed events that happen every 50 years or every 100 years or every seven years or, you know, 70th anniversary of the Jubilee. You know, it's like a Jubilee is, what, seven times 70 or something. What, I don't know, 40 years. I don't know. It adds up to, you know, this month starting today, I think, until next month, you know, is the Jubilee. And when, you know, if you watch, I, I think the video on YouTube was uh, 2022 Jubilee. And it's kind of an animated one, you know, that, you know, it's the guy draws and then it fills in. But he gets into the math and there's not a whole lot of uh, hyperbole or extrapolation to it. It's just like, here's what Jesus said. Here's what Daniel said. Here's when the first Jubilee of Daniel was based on the Shemitah or whatever, how they pronounce it, that started at that time when Israel was, you know, came in to the promised land, not just went out looking for it. And so, and then he does the math of two or three different scriptures to prove that that was the date exactly. And then you, you know, run the numbers forward and you come to 2022, September 25th or 26th. And then the Jubilee actually starts the next one. Uh, and October... I don't know, two, three weeks, something like that. I can't remember that. You'd have to watch it. It's actually very informative because I can't read all that stuff and do the logistics and the math and, and, and everything, but this guy did. So then when you factor in other prophecies about, you know, seven and seven times 70 and, and what the word jubilee means and the letters in the you know alphabet and the hebrew and all that it really has to do with a hand almost like a fist a hand speaking with authority and and, and you know three or four other things that create this this thought this sentence that you know the the people are brought home I don't know if that meant just like the people of Israel all finally go home or, but in history, it was always a time where, you know, 
slaves were returned to their families, debts were canceled and all that. And seven times 70 is maybe the year of the Lord when he shows up because it's the year of the Gentile and the, and, and it's just so many things that are kind of spooky that you have to factor them in and not dismiss them like Alex Jones is doing. You know, and I'm not saying he's not aware of these facts. I'm just saying that, you know, because Alex Jones is extremely educated and he's read a ton of stuff. I think when it gets into speculative things, he's not sure. And so therefore he dismisses it. But you can't dismiss religious principles that go back thousands of years, even before all those books he's read. And you can't dismiss history and historical facts because it's out of a Bible or the Torah or the Quran or, you know, you just can't, you can't dismiss it out of hand any more than you could read a book on something that Alex Jones quotes and then just go, well, I dismiss that. I don't, I don't buy into the premise of the author that wrote that book. So there done and done you know eventually you read enough and you see enough and you study religion enough that you see all these principles that become what the bible said you know the truth you'll know the truth by two or more witnesses well you you won't find those witnesses you know in a courtroom you know you have to read the scriptures the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Scrolls by the Ensign People, the Book of Enoch. You have to read it all and filter through all the blah, blah, blah. And you come to the same conclusion that Jubilee meant something. And, and you can no longer dismiss it any more than I could dismiss the Constitution of the United States knowing what I know about it. Now, we have done that, but it, it's uh, it's foolish. So I'm, I'm not trying to bash on Alex Jones, but I do know a lot of people get their their thinking or their their decision-making paradigm from things that certain people say. And if they're dismissing religion, and I, and I know that Alex Jones is extremely religious, or he's just a great actor, because he talks about faith and being saved and religious principles and everyone that calls say I'm praying for you. So how do you how do you be that person and yet dismiss historical facts that have gone through time since Israel was freed by uh, what was it Egypt or whatever and went into into the promised land. You can't dismiss that. So if Christ comes this next week or two, well, then we'll know you shouldn't have dismissed it. But we don't, you know, that's where the speculation of the Jubilee, 70th anniversary of the Jubilee, comes into play. It's like they're going, well, that must be the year of the Lord. That must be. And that comes from scriptures too, but they're a little more vague than math can prove at least from what I've seen. So 
if he comes, then, well, that problem solved. But if he doesn't, that doesn't mean that the 70th anniversary of the Jubilee was wrong. Because, you know, I think when Christ was crucified, which everyone believes happened, the rest of the world just went along doing what they were doing. You know, um, when Israel became, you know, a state or whatever, when it was recognized, that was religious scripture being fulfilled. That was a prophecy being fulfilled in a way that could be quantified or whatever by math in the Bible. A lot of the world didn't even notice it. Actually, didn't even care. It's like, well, whatever. So, this whole thing could be a, a real event that most people don't see, you know, don't hear, don't understand. And that's, I guess, fine with God or whatever is going on. But it, it can't be dismissed, especially when Russia says, I'm bringing my people home. And their lands with them, which is like, you know, when Israel, you know, became a nation, they, that land became theirs again. So it wasn't just like a group of people hanging out on Facebook that became recognized. It was the land, the dirt, everything, you know. So a lot of the Middle Eastern countries got all pissed and they've been fighting Israel over it since then because they don't, they don't buy into it. So this could be a complete biblical revelation come true and that doesn't mean ukraine and some groups you know in the in the west won't continue to send them shit to blow up russia and and you know like scott ritter said is russia are very adult like you know ukraine has already fired missiles in to russian territory the line that's accepted by the world. That's, you know, just on the other side of, side of the Ukraine. You know, boom. Just to the, to the north. Boom. Three or four cities and stuff. And Russia didn't overreact. They were cool about it. But I think if they start messing with, you know, the, what goes on in this, you know, referendum... I mean, you know, Ukraine has attacked Crimea, which has been taken over by Russia and accepted by pretty much everyone on the planet except Ukraine. So we don't know what Putin will do because I don't live there in the Kremlin. Kind of wish I did because it's pretty awesome. You know, but, you know and, and when you really factor in Putin and and everything, you know, and Russia, America. I've had my friends say, but, you know, Putin's a dictator. Putin wants to take over the world. Putin and China, blah, blah, blah. Obviously are people that are too shallow to, to look in the mirror and go, well, we've been doing that for 40 years now. 
you know, we've been sending in jackals and economic hitmen to take over smaller countries, smaller than us, for years. You know, and if they give us any crap, <laughs> like, you know, what's his name, Gaddafi? We just, you know, we just come and he dies. Game, we saw, he died. <laughs> That's Hillary for you. So, the leadership of America, now I'm not talking about you and I, the people who are supposed to be running this country, but we're not, aren't, you know, trying to take over the world. But through economic warfare, we have taken over large parts of the world. You know, Turkey leader just said that uh, basically he's tired of being marginalized and told what to do by America. Oh, really? We're telling him what to do? Apparently so. So he's joining alliances with Russia. So there's like all these countries now that are switching and going, sorry, uh, America, we and all of our customer base, which is about 80% of the population of Earth, are now going to Burger King. And there's really nothing you can do about it other than cry and whine. And overnight, when that happens, McDonald's becomes Hardee's. So, McDonald's will go from number one superior dominance in the market to bankruptcy. Because when your customer base just flips on a dime, and especially 88% of them, all you got left going for you is your customers in America and a few holdouts in the world. And uh, people look around and go, huh, Burger King rocks. I like Burger King. Yeah. Yeah, well. So, I'm about where I'm going. And uh, I can end it here because I think I've said everything I wanted to say. You know, not that once I hit stop, I won't totally forget and go, damn it, I knew I wanted to do that too. But I want I want Americans. This is you know Americans. I got listeners in a lot of countries around the world. You know, not a lot in each, but in Australia and everywhere. To think about it and go, wait a minute. Why am I cheering for this team when I I, I really align with that team? Why am I supporting? Whatever is happening, because someone, you know, three, four, or five, ten thousand miles away said to do that. Oh, you're doing it because your government told you to shut up, sit down, and do it. But even those leaders need to look at it like critical thinking leaders around the world are starting to do and going, um, you know, the benefit of being on your side no longer outweighs you know, what we're doing, the outcome, the disastrous effects of your policies. 
There's no return on investment anymore. In fact, if we project out like any good business and even world leaders should be able to do, project out five, ten years, we can see that it would be good money after bad. And pretty soon we will have invested in stocks of a failing company because we know how to do math too. And, and everything you're doing has hurt your own country, not just to mention ours. You are, are literally cutting off your nose to spite your face. And we're doing it too, not realizing that we will hemorrhage to death before you because you're big and you got a lot more blood. But the reality is you're going to bleed out and die too. You just don't see it yet because you're blinded by anger, by greed, by this imperialistic mindset. You know, and I don't think it means like imperialism, like, you know, thinking your country's great and building up your country. Just like free markets doesn't mean capitalism. But when free markets become capitalistic, they melt down and destroy everything they touch. And, and when, when we were a great empire of America, which we had the right to say we were an empire, we didn't have to become corrupt and become imperialistic and controlling and go into this hegemony, as everyone calls it, that to succeed at all costs, values be damned, principles be damned, belief in human nature be damned, even our religious principles be damned. We've made too many compromises already, too many retreats. Our space, and we fall back. I'm your Huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. That's just my game.